We stay together, we survive. What we've got here is failure to communicate. To communicate. Stick together. In the name of unit cohesion. Cohesion. You are listening to the Cohesion Podcast. Actionable tips from internal comms leaders on how to improve your company's employee experience. This episode features an interview with Stephanie Briggs, Director of Employee Experience at Invanti. She has over 10 years of experience in digital and social media marketing, where she puts storytelling at the forefront. Stephanie's passion for storytelling doesn't stop there. She is also a published horror author of the Sophia Ray series, in which the main character goes undercover in a cult. In this episode, Amanda and Stephanie discuss who owns employee experience in an org and how storytelling makes for powerful communications. Before we dive into the interview, here's a brief word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Simpler, the modern intranet software that simplifies the employee experience. If you are looking to increase employee engagement, collaboration, and connectivity, Simpler is your answer. Learn more at simpler.com. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation between Stephanie Briggs, Director of Employee Experience at Imbonti, and your host, Amanda Berry, Corporate Brand and Communications Manager at Simpler. Stephanie, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much for being on today. It's really great to meet you, get to know you. So I want to first start off learning a little bit about your background. Walk us through your career journey and what brought you to Avanti. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I do want to state that my responses are a reflection of my experience and beliefs and not a reflection of Avanti's. I attended University of California, Santa Cruz and obtained a Bachelor's of Art degree in film and digital media. I came out of college and worked at NASA as a media intern and always knew that I eventually wanted to be in marketing, Uh, really wanted that balance of creativity and business acumen. Uh, And I had a few different marketing roles, but it really wasn't until I got into tech that I was able to make great strides within my role. Before Avanti, I was in corporate communications at a company called Pulse Secure. Pulse Secure was then acquired by Avanti in December of 2020, and I transitioned into Avanti and was asked to head up internal comms and employee engagement, and the rest is history. That sounds like a pretty common experience, started in that external media relations. That's my background as well. You mentioned that it was through tech that you were able to make great strides. What do you think that is? I'm... I'm obviously biased. I I love tech. I'm so grateful and glad that I have found a career in tech. I think it really has a lot to do with the culture of tech companies overall. There's just this culture of, for the most part, of of open-mindedness, innovation, coming with, with ideas and really being able to be heard and be creative. That's not to say in other industries that that's not the case. But in my experience, uh, once I got into tech, it was just a game changer for me in my career. And I've been able to really thrive in the industry and within my role in marketing. Tell me about your current role as Director of Employee Engagement Marketing at Avante. What do you do there? Yes, definitely. So my role is Director of Employee Experience Marketing. It's really one of the most human-centric roles I have ever had and been a part of. And what I mean by that is I wake up every day with Avanti employees 
needs and desires top of mind. I'm able to work with Avanti teams globally to make decisions, right, based on how our employees can, need, and want to perform tasks. So it's really about being a really good listener. It's a mindset day-to-day is, again, coming ready to, to learn and to tune in to what our employees are experiencing. Now, from a project perspective, within my role, my team owns employee engagement strategy, internal employee campaigns, and we work collaboratively with different teams on how, what, and why we communicate to employees. Part of my role also is helping to balance executive and leadership voices while delivering the best employee experience. So really balancing those two areas. I've got a lot of questions about that. So I'm going to move us into our first segment called Story Time. Welcome to Story Time. Story Time. Story time. Let me tell you a story. I want to take a totally different direction now first. <laughs> okay. Stories is what you say you, you do some of the best, right? Some of your best work. You do it in your current role. You've done it in your past roles. You've handled internal communications for thousands of employees. And just so our listeners know, you're a published horror author. I am a huge horror genre fan. Huge. I've grown up watching every possible horror movie from a very young age. So let's start with this question. Why do you love to tell stories? And then I want to talk about your books that you've published. Stories are what resonate with people. When we tell stories and we tell them effectively and tell them well, we are really able to tap into people's emotions and their values. And that kind of goes back to being human-centric. So I'm a firm believer that stories, they resonate most and influence people and influence behaviors. And, and I think that that's across the board, whether you're reading a fiction novel or you're telling a story within an organization about a customer um, or an employee, it's really how we are crafting those stories that resonate most with people. What are some key components of good storytelling? I think some of the key components, really, it's there always has to be some kind of conflict. Like, no matter what, if we're talking fiction writing, nonfiction, even within organizations, right? Conflict is key because then we're able to find out how the characters in that story work to resolve that conflict. And that conflict in fiction or in horror writing obviously can be something quite scary, right? But in an organization, we are solving for pain points for our customers, right? Depending on the solution sets that we're offering to customers. And those pain points are essentially conflicts. If we're going to tell a story about a customer, we would definitely want to deep dive into their pain points and how it's really impacting them individually from an organization standpoint. And that's similar with employees as well. We can basically find out and hear and listen to employees about some of their experiences in their day to day. That's kind of what our team does is understanding. We have employees who are, for example, volunteering at certain organizations on their free time. And that volunteer work oftentimes stems from certain concerns or conflicts that they feel in their lives. And so they then take that to the next level of, okay, well, I'm going to volunteer at XYZ. Then we get tapped on and say, oh, how can Avanti support this effort, right? So I think conflict is key in any kind of story 
And that can look different depending on fiction, nonfiction, or if we're talking from a business perspective. And then, of course, character development, really understanding people. And that's really what character development is. I want to talk about your book series. You recently published book two and Sophia Ray. Tell us about the series and what the new book is about. Like I said, I'm a huge horror fan, so I'd love to hear what the book's about. (laughs) Yeah, so outside of my work at Avanti, I am a published fiction horror author as well as a portrait painter. These are two of my businesses, actually, outside of my career with Avanti. I'm a firm believer that my career is only one facet of my life. And I think it's crucial to develop other skills and constantly learn and challenge myself. Just like you, I have an affinity for all things horror. So novels, films, documentaries. And so one day in 2019, I started to write a horror story and I published each chapter on my personal blog. So that's how it started. I was actually, I wrote one chapter, if you will, and then published that as a blog. Well, I ended up getting a small fan base and folks were reading my chapters on my blog and reaching out. This was key in what basically pushed me and motivated me to write a novel is the readers. I had folks reaching out to me on private messages on social media and they were excited. They wanted to know what happened next. They're like, I can't wait to see the next blog. I can't believe this. What's going to happen with Sophia Ray? And so that's when I I got really serious about turning this into a novel. And so the Sophia Ray series, it centers around our female protagonist. Sophia Ray is a detective and she goes undercover in book one. She goes undercover into a cult and she attempts to save a young girl and whoever else she can potentially save and get rescue basically from this cult. And I've watched so many documentaries and read so many (laughs) books about cults. It's just, and the reason is it just fascinates me that because it's so, it's one of those, those scarier ideas because it's so real. Like cults are a real thing. They've been a real thing in our history. It's interesting to me how an individual can basically rise up to that point of having control over a group of people and psychology of humans. And so that just fascinates me. It really does. So at any rate, book one is about Sophia Ray going in undercover into a cult. It's uh, it's book one's based in Santa Cruz, which is where I went to college. I was able to really describe Santa Cruz fairly well because that's where I lived for four years while I went to university there. Book one, not to give anything away, but book one does end on a pretty great cliffhanger, if you will. And that's where I realized, okay, I I need to write a book two because I ended it on on a pretty crazy cliffhanger. So book two continues Sophia Ray's journey now with the help of a coven of witches. And there are three sisters in this coven. And basically they pair up with Sophia Ray to seek redemption and retribution. I'm fangirling over here, but I feel like I could ask you a million questions, but maybe for another time. I I love all things horror, supernatural. I watched every documentary on like Jonestown. So I'm right there with you. So I'm going to check this out. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. That's really, really cool. Does that have any influence on what you do at Avanti or, you know, or your career currently as a director of employee experience marketing or anything else you've done or how have they impacted each other? It's interesting because 
writing horror novels and having a career in marketing may not seem like there's a lot of relationships there and connections, but connections can definitely be made. So first, it really it comes back to my core values in terms of, again, challenging myself and um, constantly learning new things and not being afraid to take calculated risks. And really, when writing uh, my two novels, as well as entering into my role as director of employee engagement, I really take these values to heart and apply in all areas of my life in terms of writing, in terms of my role at Avanti. Also, having a career in marketing has really helped my author career in terms of having that creative mindset and that business knowledge as well. I've met other indie authors who they have a tough time with the marketing side of things. It it doesn't come necessarily natural to them in terms of their author career. So really as an author or and as an artist, it's been crucial to learn marketing skills. And for me, it's really helped to develop my reputation as both an artist and an author. And it also kind of works the other way around as well. My fiction writing, it definitely continues to work out my creative muscles and really develop my creative muscles. And this comes in handy in my role at Avanti in terms of creative thinking, actually taking the time to just sit and think. This is something I've learned very recently in my life. And literally, I mean sitting and thinking, like in a quiet place, no technology. And I've learned this in writing. Sometimes you just have to sit there and not talk to anyone. Again, not be listening to anything, just to be there with your thoughts. I've learned that in writing novels. And now it's really become useful in my role at Avanti as well, because that's really what stems innovative ideas, right? That's where innovative ideas come from, is when you're actually just sitting and thinking about a a particular uh, project in mind. I'm going to move into our next segment called Getting Tactical. I'm trying to figure out tactics. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't have to worry about tactics too much. Here I am in charge and trying to say, why did you sleep through tactics? Tactics. You own the internal communications global strategy at Avante. Can you walk us through the process of running a big global function like that? Running a global function really starts with my mindset. I really do believe that. And it's really a mindset that all Avanti employees, including our executive leaders and senior leaders, our customers as internal comps professionals. So in any company, As an internal comms professional, your customer, those are all the employees at that company. And in any organization, the customer relationship is top priority, right? So organizations today, I believe they're truly realizing that employees are also customers and there's a direct correlation to the employee experience and the customer experience. Now, in terms of supporting leaders and employees at Avanti, a core component in what we're doing day to day is, and, and I said it earlier, is active listening. And I continue to emphasize this because it's such a crucial part of, of being an internal comms professional, but also being successful as an internal comms professional. That's just such a great call out. I just want to emphasize to folks listening, when you're internal comms, 
You need to understand the needs of your customers, which are the employees. Just the employees need to understand the needs of the paying customers to create better products. That's exactly what we do. So thank you for calling that out. And I, I agree with you that the customer and employee experience have a direct impact on each other. Yeah. And besides the tactical everyday, like how we we support leaders and employees, again, more important is absolutely that value and mindset every day, right? And the reason why to me is internal comms professionals, we come to work each day with the intention of providing the best employee experience to all employees. And the how we do that ends up becoming a lot of endless possibilities when you have that intention each day. So to give a concrete example, a lot of my role is speaking with and listening to a lot of the different departments at Avanti. And another piece is the continuous building of relationships with employees and executive leaders. I think that's super important is that relationship building is what allows us as internal comms experts to connect the dots to the bigger picture and to help others within the organization understand those connections. I think that's key. We are then able to build out strategies and internal initiatives, employee engagement campaigns with purpose because of those listening tactics and because of those relationships that are being built day by day. You mentioned leaders, and earlier you had mentioned speaking in a leader voice. We talk about your process or how you go about supporting leaders and learning their voice. Really, the key is to continuously foster relationships with executives and leaders. That really looks like connecting with them on a weekly basis and offering them counsel, but also listening to their needs as well. I mean, that's a key component, right, is for any internal comms professional really building those relationships and not being afraid to make those connections with executives and senior leaders is absolutely critical. So not being shy in terms of, again, building that relationship. It is like like a friendship, right? With a friendship, there's a continuous kind of back and forth, but you're doing your best in a friendship type of relationship to be the best type of friend that you can be, whether that's listening, having a listening ear, providing counsel when appropriate. It's similar in a business relationship with executive and senior leaders. Last year, I know you managed Avanti's intranet revamp. Can you talk about how you worked across the organization to get that going and get it implemented? Launching a new intranet, it was really one of the best projects I've ever worked on because of the large scale and the direct impact that it has had on all employees at Avanti. So uh, the first thing that we did was engage with key stakeholders out the gate. So that really looked like bringing in some of our executive leadership team members right away from the beginning, as well as leads from other departments. And this was really important to do, like I said, at the very beginning, because of how large of the scope this project was. So this really helped us to start off successfully and also launch successfully. It allowed us to hear ideas from these key stakeholders and concerns at the very beginning of the process, which then we were able to work together, of course, to solve any of those concerns that came up in the beginning. 
So again, that whole building of relationships, building that rapport and bringing the right people in from the beginning so that they know that as internal comms experts and leaders that we're really valuing their opinions, their ideas, and what they have to say about something like this on such a scale with a new intranet. One of the biggest challenges that we did face with this particular project was from a timing perspective. So due to some internal circumstances, we ended up only having two months to actually migrate over from our old intranet to the new one, as well as train department site managers and launch the intranet with an employee engagement plan to back it up in two months total time for all of it. So the timing was extremely tight, but we ended up accomplishing this very successfully. And it really was through a lot of obviously hard work, passion, but that collaborative um, nature of bringing the right folks in and keeping the right folks involved that needed to be involved. When I've done intranet implementations, the difference between I think it being successful and un- unsuccessful, bringing in a you know a group of people, leaders to listen to their concerns. Honestly, there was like a, a switch that flipped when I did that. I brought people together at one of my previous roles, and there was still you could feel the angst in the air as we were building, as we were implementing, just because they had so many concerns. I was like, let's whiteboard them, let's write them down, let's start make sure that we solve problems. It was like a switch that flipped. So I'm glad you said that because that's one of those moments in my my early career where I've gone, oh, that is so important to do probably for any project. Yeah, no, absolutely. The other piece too, now that you mentioned some of this, the other piece that was really important to our success. So obviously bringing in key stakeholders is key. Folks that are going to be highly involved in the planning of and implementation of the new intranet. But the other very important component that we made sure that we weaved into the process was, again, our employees, right? Especially at Avanti, a key piece of our day-to-day and our strategy overall is not just talking at our employees, not just assuming that we know what our employees want, what they need. It's that listening piece. So we actually did a couple of really neat things to basically enable employees to be involved in the process as well. So we didn't just storm forward and say, we're switching over our intranet. We did run a survey, an internal survey to understand the current pulse of employees at Avanti in terms of internal comms and how they're getting their information, how they want to be communicated to, and also how they felt about the old intranet. Was that meeting their needs? Were they using it as their primary source to gather information about the company? And so we took those findings from that survey early last year. And after assessing that, we realized that we wanted to to move to a different intranet platform based on those findings from the employee responses. There was that piece of that listening piece, right? And then we involved employees in fun ways. So for example, naming the intranet, right? Because we got to give our intranet a, a name. We did a vote. We actually had employees vote on the name and we chose the the name that won. So different things like that to really keep in, employees engaged so that they know that they're a part of the process in some way. 
I was actually talking about this the other day with someone about this idea of getting employees involved to name. And I can tell you when I've done that, that seems to be some of the highest employee participation I've ever gotten was saying, what name would you give? And then people, you know, submitting ideas, then people commenting on those ideas and creating a lot of buzz. I love that. Can you tell us what you went with for a name? Absolutely. We went with the name Ivanti Everywhere. And part of our mission as a company is enabling the everywhere workplace for organizations, right? Enabling that everywhere workplace in a secure way. That's really our mission. That's key. The everywhere workplace, of course, being able to work wherever you are. And so Avanti is just in terms of walking the walk on that, has it's just been pretty amazing. And so that's kind of where that everywhere stems from, Avanti Everywhere. I know that Avanti is globally. And are you all full-time remote? Are you hybrid? We are hybrid. Honestly, we're 100% remote, but employees who live near offices, they may go in during the week. And right now we've been opening up offices and it's completely voluntary in terms of employees who do live near an office if they want to go into the office for the week or whatnot. But we are 100% remote. So how are you building and maintaining that connection and in creating that great employee experience for employees all over the globe? Our intranet has been a key driver in helping to maintain connection um, amongst a global workforce. And I got to say, I really, I can't emphasize enough that the new intranet platform that we moved to, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, it's a key reason that we chose the simpler platform, which is the intranet platform we use, is because of the two-way dialogue that the platform is capable of. And what I mean by that is it's essentially truly an area where employees can log in each day and actually connect with one another via like internal feeds and and really it's it's helped to really build connection and community and we do have some internal activities that we encourage employees to participate in on the intranet so that they can get to know each other another piece though besides the intranet alongside that we have recently uh, reopened some of the offices, assessing the situation in each location. But we started to reopen offices and have been having kickoff parties, again, on a voluntary basis for employees to welcome them back together and, again, build that community and connection. We do have different internal campaigns that we run each year to help with building connection and community in terms of a remote workforce. I want to just switch just a little bit and keep focusing on this employee experience because it's in your title. It's not that employee experience is new, but the amount of focus and attention it's getting is pretty new, right? The pandemic sort of shifted into like, wow, we have to be focused on their experience while they're working because the world was in chaos for a while. So I want to first start off by understanding how do you define employee experience? I define it as truly what an employee really feels when they are at an organization, when they're working at an organization in their specific role. And for every employee, that's obviously going to be different. But it's really about how are you feeling when you get up each day and you are going to work and in your role? I, I think that's key because employee experience overall, either you'll have a subset of employees who are highly engaged and it really comes down to the level of passion that they have to not just do their day to day and collect a paycheck, but it's really about 
having that passion coming each day and really feeling that impact that you're making as an employee. And that's a tough one because as employee engagement professionals, it's really in our areas to help with getting employees to that point of ensuring that they understand and they're feeling the impact that that they make overall. And that's not an easy thing to do. I have great conversations with people about employee experience. And one of the, the themes that I always feel comes out is that everyone's responsible for the employee experience. How do you feel about that statement, first of all? And what should the employee experience function do within an organization? I do believe in that statement. Something that comes to mind is leadership development. And what I mean is when you say that some folks will say, hey, everyone at an organization has some kind of influence here on employee experience. I would say that is true. I would also say that leadership development is a key component and it's tricky at organizations. If you don't have a a culture at an organization that is open to not only individual contributors getting development, career development, but also senior leaders and executives, it can really stifle the employee experience. So it, it makes me think about that because I really think that it starts at the top. I think it's our job as employee experience professionals to continuously provide counsel to an organization, to the leaders in the organization on what is going to help to develop the best employee experience. And I think leadership development, that's a big one, because when you have buy-in from executives and senior leaders to develop themselves, then we're really able to start to change mindsets of leaders, but provide them tools as well on many different areas, on DEI, on human-centric leadership, empathetic leadership, just concepts that are, I think, again, they're not necessarily natural to all leaders, and it can make or break an organization and an employee experience. I absolutely could not agree more. Honestly, if you would ask me that same question, I would have had a similar answer about leadership development. I was at an organization that that was one of their primary goals and and things is to develop people into leaders and keep developing their leaders within the same sort of paradigm, which was that empathetic leadership and how to deal with conflict. And there's just so many components. And it just felt as if the majority of leaders did subscribe to that, if not at least all the ones I interacted with. And it really changed the experience. That's such a good key component to call out. And I think as we listen and tune in at any organization, at any company, as you listen and tune in to what employees are saying, uh, especially when employees leave an organization, this is not new to us that we continuously have heard over the years, right? Employees, they leave mainly because oftentimes it might be the leadership, right? The leadership that is existent in an organization. And sometimes you lose really fantastic employees and great people because of because of that. So that's where I think, yeah, it's absolutely key. And, and again, that's totally part of the internal comps role is providing that that counsel and those ideas, bringing those ideas forward and helping to develop those kinds of pathways, for example, in this case, right, for leadership development, let's say. When I think about those sorts of conversations, it makes me wonder well, who should roll up into an employee experience. I hear HR themes, I hear internal comms themes. There's DE and I in there. Like, what should that org look like in your mind? What's the ideal org for employee experience? 
I really do think employee experience should be its own department rolling up to like a chief employee experience officer. Now, overall, though, I would say, of course, each organization does it a little differently, right? To your point, some employee engagement roles are rolling up into HR. Some are rolling up into marketing. In my case, I roll up into marketing. And I would say, even though companies are doing it a little different, as long as the priority lies within, again, that employee experience, right? Being the key priority is employees first, there will be success, right? Whether the IC team rolls up into marketing, HR, et cetera. I do think though that it would be interesting to have employee engagement as its own department rolling up to a chief employee experience officer, even though we are very collaborative in and basically working with all departments at a company. But that's what I would say. What do you see as the future of the employee experience org? It's starting to feel like it's really taking shape, really starting to develop in more companies. It's not uncommon now to meet a director of employee experience, which I think is a great investment for companies. What is that? What does the next five to 10 years look like? I'm glad you mentioned the word investment, because that's what I would basically jump to say that you're totally right, that internal comms, employee engagement has really moved into the forefront even more so now than ever. I know that the pandemic had some impact on that. I tune into a lot of internal comms podcasts and read a lot of employee engagement literature. And the effect of the pandemic, it really did place internal comms professionals more in the forefront. I think the future holds some amazing things for internal comms teams, and that would be having a defined seat at an executive table. Even more so, companies are going to continue to realize that investing in their people, investing in employees is worthwhile in so many ways. It's already been proven that companies who invest in their employees in terms of employee engagement, employee development, those companies are more profitable. And that goes back to EX equals CX. Employee experience equals the customer experience. I think, yeah, in five to 10 years, the future for employee engagement is going to be more dollars to invest in people, to keep people at organizations. It's a win-win, right, for everybody. Let's move into our last segment, asking for a friend. I'm just asking for a friend. Hey, asking for a friend. I want to take what you just said there at the end about investing. We were talking about that. What would you say to a leader who doesn't still see the value in really focusing on internal comms and the employee experience, right? Things are working the way that they've been doing it. They're still doing, you know, one employee engagement survey a year. How do you convince someone that this is really worth the investment? I would convince and influence using data. And maybe that's that sounds like a boring answer at first, but in my experience now with employee engagement and internal comms and with influencing leaders, senior leaders, executive leaders, data is really key and it's very telling. But I would say you got to take it a step further and we can connect it back to some of our earlier conversation, taking the data and telling a story with that data. That's crucial. And in my experience, that is a very successful way in helping senior leaders, executive leaders, maybe influence them in a shift, right? To shift 
a mindset or to shift a little bit of the way that we're doing something. And when you have data to back that up and then you're able to tell a story with that data, it tends to resonate and especially with leaders. And and they want to know that. They want to know, okay, how is this important to the business overall? And it's not always easy, but you have to be able to make the connection to the business goals right? The larger business goals, like, okay, this is how employee engagement and investing in our people, how it's shown to impact the bottom line, because it does, it does impact the bottom line. If you have a lot of turnover, let's say, that is absolutely going to impact the customer experience, right? And that's going to impact your bottom line of sales and renewals, right? But if you have a workforce who is dedicated and loyal and passionate to your company and your vision, that is going to translate over to the customer experience, which is going to translate into sales, which translates into profitability. There's all those connections there. Yeah, data really does show that return on investment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let me go back to one of the stories you were telling earlier. Let's talk about what advice would you give to an IC person or an employee experience person who's looking to invest and implement in a new intranet? First and foremost, get an idea of the current landscape of internal communications at the company that you're at. So really understanding what are the avenues that we use at this organization to communicate to employees and try to get a pulse of the employee experience with those avenues of internal comms. Once you have that, then it's really about that baseline research of different platforms, but also pulling key stakeholders in from the beginning. So I I would say that's very important. Probably one of the most important is identifying the key executives or leaders of certain teams who you're going to really need to have their input and their ideas and buy-in on this journey. That's going to really help right away. And the reason is when you identify those key stakeholders that are going to have some kind of influence on the platform and and how it's integrated into all the other systems. It really helps to avoid pitfalls later. I'm not saying that there's not going to be challenges throughout the journey, but it helps to prevent some stopping points because now you have the right people that are involved and they're asking questions from their perspective that you may not have had thought about. For example, we identified some key executives and some of those executives were like our head of HR our head of marketing, of course, because this was initiative run essentially out of the marketing team. We also had our head of IT and security. And from that perspective, so important because an internal comps professional, we may not think about all the technical details of how is this platform going to be integrated into our other systems? How is it going to be done in a secure manner? There's all these technical areas that privacy and security teams are going to have a stake in. Absolutely. You cannot implement a a new solution and technology into your organization without working with privacy and your security teams to ensure that they're meeting all of the different regulations, the different policies. If we were to have brought them in way late in the game, you can imagine that could have caused a big halt in the project and a lot more work in the middle of what we were doing. So I think bringing in the right folks from the beginning is probably one of my number one pieces of advice. Yeah, that's such a good call out for the intranet. Like you mentioned earlier, bringing in the right leaders, HR, IT, to help bring up those concerns early. What do you think the biggest challenges are that employee experience professionals will face in the future? 
I think as companies continue to embrace remote workforces, right, embrace the everywhere workplace, one of the biggest challenges will be how we as internal comms professionals will engage employees in meaningful ways. Let's be honest. We live in a world, even in our personal lives, where we are bombarded by technology. You go into social media. It's very difficult to grab someone's attention. You have a two to three second window <laughs> to grab an, a person's attention, whether you're selling them something or try, whatever it may be. And so it's the same for employee experience is there's a lot of information that employees are receiving on a day-to-day in terms of their role, right? The actual work that they're doing in their role updates about the business, about the company that they're at, crucial information they need to know about their benefits. There's so many things. And so that continues to be a challenge. And I think it's going to be a challenge in the future is really trying to understand and figure out new ways of engaging employees and trying to think outside of the box on that. That's great advice. Everyone I know is trying to get better at their jobs. What does that look like for you? For me, that looks like being humble, having humility, and really never assuming and always learning. It's very near and dear to my heart. I do live my life every day with these values, and they're not always easy, easy values to live by, right? I mean, I think we can oftentimes in any role that you're in, any career that you're in and that you have, It's easy for us to fall into a trap of like, okay, well, I've been doing this for 10 years. And so you stay on that same path of thinking, hey, this is the way it's done. That is something for me. I'm constantly learning in different ways. I tune into many different podcasts. Podcasts are a thing that I just really got into in the last like I would say the last three years. I never was a person to tune into podcasts. And let me just say, I mean, I can't. I I am not kidding. Like if I'm on a walk, if I'm taking a shower, if I'm getting ready, whatever it may be, I will take those minutes to just be a sponge. I tune into internal comms and employee engagement podcasts. I tune into financial wellness podcasts. I tune into podcasts about motherhood. And truly for me, that is, is me getting better at not just my job, but Um, getting better at being the best leader I can be at Avanti, the best mother, writer, artist. And it's really about developing my skills in those areas. So I'm always learning. That's key. I'm always reading books and tuning into podcasts and then adopting new habits and behaviors that may seem different than the norm. I think that's really important too. Getting better at my job means to me, not just doing the same old stuff that other people have done over the years or not just doing what I grew up learning. That's another way we back ourselves into a corner. And that's hard is you're taught a certain way growing up by your parents and family. And we hold that dear to us, right? It's okay to take in that knowledge and then go, wait a minute, maybe I can think about this differently. I think that's key is uh, being open-minded and willing to do things differently. Stephanie, this has been a lot of fun. Before I let you go, would you let our listeners know where they can find you and if there's anything else you want them to know? 
listeners can connect with me on LinkedIn, Stephanie Briggs. And also, if you are um, interested in horror novels or you have an interest in portrait painting, you can also go to my personal website, which is IamSterp.com. So that's IamSterp.com. And you can find my writing endeavors there and my portrait painting business as well. Thank you for joining me today, Stephanie. This has been great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Cohesion Podcast, brought to you by Simpler, the modern internet software that simplifies the employee experience. Learn more about how Simpler can help you build the future of your employee experience at simpler.com. That's S-I-M-P-P-L-R.com. To all of our listeners out there, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, make sure to hit subscribe, leave a review, and head over to www.simpler.com slash podcast for more information. Until next time, you're listening to The Cohesion Podcast, brought to you by Simpler. See you in the next episode.